Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I have Victoria Richmond on with me. She is a womb healer, a feminine embodiment guide, and trauma and inner child and shadow work alchemist. So I'm super excited to chat with you today, Victoria. Oh, I'm so honored to be here with you and to connect with you and your listeners. It should be super fun and juicy. Yes. So I would love for you to tell me a little bit how you got interested in feminine embodiment and womb healing. Yes, it has been a journey for sure. So I'll kind of give you a short summary of my background. So um, I was originally studying nutrition and psychology in college while concurrently teaching yoga, power yoga specifically. Um, and hitting so many strides with my clients via health coaching in my business. Um, and eventually the more physical work that we did and we hit their physical goals, whether that was losing weight, getting their blood sugar where it needed to be, whatever, uh, it eventually transitioned into treating the root cause of their physical illness or disease, as I like to call it. Um, which was emotional and mental and energetic. Um, so that was kind of the transition. And I was also studying endocrinology at the time. So really digging into hormones, the whole cascade throughout your body and how integral it is to your health, especially as women, but everyone, man or women, um, and how important it is just as the nervous system is so important and how they work concurrently. So I started really digging into the physical aspects of womb healing uh, and then transitioned into the energetic, the emotional aspects that contribute to all kinds of different issues with women's wombs, um, whether that's PCOS, PMS, which is so common, but not normal, um, endometriosis, which is really common, and even you know premenopause, perimenopause, all of that. Um, and, you know, treating the physical womb, but as I mentioned, treating the emotional energetic aspects through root cause. So whether that's, uh, inner child healing, um, those subconscious blockages and those programmings that you absorb, you know, in your childhood from ages zero to 13, um, any trauma, or anything like that, as well as shadow work, which also deals with your subconscious and those neglected aspects of yourself that you deem unworthy or unclean or that you just don't like um, that really block you from being the most embodied, loving, your highest self um, and really block you from downloading all that you truly desire. So a lot of people come to me who have been doing yoga for years, meditating every day, eating super healthy, like celery juice every day, <laughs> but they can't seem to get what they want. You know, if you're familiar with manifestation, they can't seem to call in um, their deepest desires, whether that's a soulmate partner or their dream job, stepping into their own business, whatever it is, um, because of those subconscious blockages. So really doesn't matter what you do externally, how much yoga you do <laughs> or journaling, if you don't address the root cause, which is that conditioning buried really deep within your subconscious that you need to rewrite and rewire 
in order to open up and remove those blockages. So um, that's it in a nutshell. Um, but I also do feminine embodiment, which applies and kind of meshes with all of those other modalities and helping women reclaim their womanhood and femininity because we live in such a patriarchal, masculine, um, linear society that really favors these masculine qualities such as drive, ambition, focus, proof, (laughs) Um, all those structure, which is totally valuable. We need those, but usually at the expense of the feminine aspects within everyone, which are receptivity, compassion, love, intuition, uh, sensuality, tuning into all your senses, spontaneity, all those feminine aspects that a lot of people um, tend to repress in order to operate and fit into this linear masculine world. Um, So we have both energies within us and Ayurveda talks a lot about this as well, Um, but it's about finding that balance, right? So that's a lot of what I do as well. Mm. I love that and I love that you referenced over and over finding the root cause, which also is very Ayurvedic to get down to what is that root issue. And, um, you know, treating it from that versus kind of putting a bandaid on, which I think a lot of us probably are conditioned to, you know, like, okay, let's just treat what's on that top layer instead of really diving in deep. Um, so I would love to go deep with kind of each of these aspects because these are all new topics to the podcast. So I want to start kind of first with womb wisdom. So if someone's just not even familiar with what, like, what does a womb healer do? What is womb wisdom? Can you just talk about some of like, maybe some basics with that? For sure. I could talk about that all day, every day, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I do for a living. Um, So yeah, womb healing, womb wisdom. um, They're these keys of womanhood um, that we have kind of forgotten and neglected throughout generations of women. And this way of living cyclically with our bodies instead of against them. So we live, as I mentioned, in a very masculine linear society that operates around this 24 hour hormonal cycle based on men's hormones versus women. Our cycles are 30 days or so, um, very similar to the moon cycle. And so living cyclically is living in alignment with all the different phases and cycles, ebbs and flows of your hormones throughout the month versus working against them and trying to fit into that um, linear masculine static box when we're just very cyclical fluid women hormonally. And so fighting against your body's natural rhythms really causes a lot of that dis-ease Um, as I've mentioned previously. So in a nutshell, um, I'm not sure some of your listeners might be familiar with the four phases of your cycle. I like to call them seasons though, because it's much easier to understand and it speaks to the energetics of each week of your cycle. So, and it's related to Ayurveda as well. So uh, we have four weeks, four phases of your cycle. Um, I like to start with spring, which starts right after your period is over. So there's no spotting, no blood. Like this is the first day um, of the month. And 
you feel refreshed, lighter, your hormones start to rise specifically in your hypothalamus, um, starting to cue your ovaries to start producing estrogen the following week. So you're very cerebral during this time. Um, most women feel super creative, inspired, open to new things. Um, and so this is when personally I get the most creative downloads and I write a lot of content during this phase. Um, and we tend to crave fresher, lighter foods just as we would in springtime. Um, and it's associated with that maiden archetype. Um, if you're into archetypal psychology and Jungian psychology. Um, so you feel younger, lighter, fresher, uh, vibrant, and that's spring in a nutshell. And then we move on to ovulation, which I like to call summer, inner summer. Um, so when our energy is at its peak, so our estrogen super high, our testosterone is high, um, luteinizing hormones about to come in, and this all blends into superwoman energy. So you have all the energy to do all the things and you can give a lot. So you can multitask better. And it's not like you can't do all these things throughout the month. It's just that you're predisposed, your brain chemistry, your biochemistry is predisposed to be better at these things at certain times of the month. So that's a little disclaimer. <laughs> um, but yeah, you feel super light. And this is the mother archetype. Um, and so it's that Pitta energy as well in Ayurveda. Um, spring is kind of a mix between Kapha and moving into Pitta energy. But in summer and ovulation, as that egg is ejected, you're really in that Pitta fiery, more masculine yang energy. Um, so there's a lot of drive. And this is when I schedule all of my like podcasts like this, I'm ovulating right now <laughs> because we're naturally more talkative and communicative and we want connection when we ovulate as women because that estrogen predisposes us um, to that type of connection and activity. So um, moving on though to our premenstrual phase, the most famous <laughs> and notorious, <laughs> infamous, I should say, mm. um, this is the inner fall or autumn, as I like to call it. And it's Vata season. So this is a transitional season between summer and winter. And it's this transition between yang and yin energy. So that spring and summer is more masculine yang outward energy external. You're more focused on giving and creating. And this second half inner fall, inner winter, um, premenstrual, and your menstrual phase, those are the more inward yin, feminine, receptive, and just internal energies. So a lot of PMS, I find with women, other than physical, you know, nutrient deficiencies, things like that, a lot of it tends to stem from this resistance from being super outward, doing all the time doing all the things to this yin feminine slower energy more fluid um, and receptive versus giving so there's this energetic disconnect that occurs and so easing into this phase um, we tend to be 
more cold. Uh, we also tend to crave more food, uh, specifically root vegetables for a reason, um, just like vata season. Um, and it's in order, we crave specifically starch and fibrous foods in order to flush that excess estrogen out of our system. And a lot of PMS as well, besides being energetically root caused, is also an excess in estrogen. So flushing all that out with extra fibrous foods uh, and, and starches and root vegetables really helps. Um, so we tend to crave those and like soups, just like we would in when fall happens um, in nature. So it's also attributed to the wise woman archetype, or I'm sorry, the wild woman archetype. <laughs> we'll get to the wise woman a little bit. But the wise woman archetype, wild, I should say, is very primal, very emotive. Um, and that's for a lot of different reasons during this phase, a lot of it hormonally, energetically, but our brain chemistry predisposes us to be more discerning and looking for issues and kind of taking stock and reflecting. Um, just like you would in fall, you're cultivating that harvest, everything, all those seeds that you've sown um, in spring and summer are now coming to fruition. Um, and so you have that reflective energy in your inner fall. So moving on, the menstrual phase or inner winter, as I call it, this starts when you have your first full day of bleeding. So not spotting, but an actual full flow of blood. Um, and you can actually tell a lot by the color of your blood, interestingly, um, what you're deficient in um, and all types of different things. So we can go into that perhaps a little later if you'd like, but yeah. uh, there's so much to this, <laughs> so many layers. Um, but this is the winter phase because we are naturally super cold because we're losing all that iron, magnesium, all these trace minerals through our blood as we bleed. So it's super important to replenish those. So taking iron supplements, if you eat um, animal products, specifically meat, um, nourishing foods, just as you would in winter, like heavier um, hibernation type of foods. Um, and this is when our brain chemistry is completely at its lowest. All of our hormones are at their lowest. If you can imagine like a stereo system, it's as if someone turned this, the volume all the way down. So we're super sensitive and intuitive in this phase because we don't have all that noise, all that hormonal chaos, beautiful chaos. Um, so we can really tune in. And we actually produce a small amount of DMT uh, on our periods. So some women feel super high <laughs> on their periods naturally. Um, I know I do. And so it lends itself if you're very spiritual to connecting to the universe, the divine, having downloads, channeling, anything. Um, but even aside from that, it allows you to step back and reflect on the previous month of your cycle and see what worked, what's not serving you, what you need to let go of, what you need to let die, just as if you would, or you see in winter, um, everything is dead and hibernating. Um, so it's that very similar energy. And so I always recommend women resting a ton 
during the first day of their cycle for sure, if not the first three days or the whole bleeding <laughs> um, because our energy is so low during this phase. We don't have all those extra hormones to help boost our energy. Um, and it's for a reason. I mean, we're perpetually bleeding without dying. Like that's amazing. And um, so it's really hard to be doing things when you are perpetually bleeding <laughs> without dying. Um, and this is the season that is associated with the wise woman archetype or the crone, the old woman. And so you could think of it as having the energy of an old lady, like you're an old lady in this phase, <laughs> and like hormonally, energetically, all of it. Um, and so it's okay that you don't want to work out. Like it's really hard to work out when you're perpetually bleeding and it actually sucks more life force energy um, and nutrients and minerals and all of that to push against um, that natural inclination to rest and receive. And so, yeah, as I mentioned, the fall and the winter are these seasons in your cycle to receive, whereas the spring and summer are the seasons to give um, and be external. Mm. So allowing yourself without guilt um, to rest and receive during your fall and your winter really eliminates a lot of menstrual issues on a, like every level, basically. Um, so that is cyclical living in a nutshell. There are so many different layers and so much more I could go into. Um, but those are the seasons each in a nutshell. And it's reclaiming this knowledge that our ancestors used to have you know women used to bleed with the full moon or the new moon every month they used to convene in red tents together in the village and just love up on each other and while they're all bleeding together and the men would take care of the children and the cooking and cleaning and it was the sacred time of rest rejuvenation and self-love and so reclaiming this connection to our wombs to our femininity is so matrilineal healing, matrilineally healing. Um, and just being able to cultivate this knowledge that our mothers didn't have, our grandmothers didn't have, great-great-grandmothers back generations um, and using it to our advantage and shifting this narrative from your period is dirty and gross and shameful and taboo and it's a curse to be a woman. You're like crazy all the time, unpredictable to know my body is so precious and it's a temple and it has gifts every week of the month, every phase of my cycle that I can tap into for my advantage, whether that's to create a baby, obviously <laughs> the whole evolutionary purpose or to create a new offering if you have a business or to paint, you know, working on a certain artistic project, whatever it is, um, it's yeah, just shifting this narrative of women's bodies. We already have so many body image issues as women, um, and this is one of them. Um, viewing what makes us intrinsically a woman, our womb, and our period as bad, and trying to shift that narrative into a more positive, sustainable and beautiful one instead. So 
that's the womb wisdom and the womb work that I do <laughs> in a nutshell. Oh, I love it. I love that. Um, and thank you for that. And I, I like that, um, the receive and to give, like focusing on that on the faces as well. Um, I, cause I am, de- I am it deep in my winter. I like, I'm on day two of my cycle. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> Happy bleeding. I know. And so I'm like, <laughs> yep, I can feel that. Like I am, I'm tired and I don't usually plan podcast interviews on days I bleed, <laughs> but it, sometimes it happens. And so like, that's just where you're like, okay, I'm, and a, I love that you're the perfect guest for me right now because you're just going and flowing and you can tell kind of where you're at in your cycle. Cause you are just like, you're in the talking mode. Whereas me, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm in the receiving the listening mode. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's kind of perfect in that way. Um, for sure. And it, like, I have, I mean, I have my own business, so I'm able to set up my life around my cycle. Um, and I'll take off a week out of the mm-hmm. month, seven days to not be on social media, not post. I don't take clients. Um, and I just rest and receive. I barely leave my bed <laughs> and it's all about self-care. It's like my own little retreat. Um, and I'm able to do that. Of course, like I've set up my life that way. And I know not everyone can, but even just resting, like, doing less having if you have a partner or a husband asking them to help you with some of the house chores whatever prepping food the week before your period um really helps like anything just to facilitate self-care um is gonna go a long long way so that's yeah Mm. it's super important so another layer that you kind of discuss is feminine embodiment and i would love to know Like, how does that play into the work that you do with people as well? Yes. So obviously healing the physical and energetic aspects of your womb space, which is the seat of your womanhood um, and where a lot of your intuition as a woman lies, contrary to popular belief, uh, it's less the head for women and it's more the belly and the womb area. Um, But reclaiming these aspects of womanhood um i there if you go back there's been a lot of different waves of feminism but the really pivotal one was in the 60s and 70s the women liberation movement where we were finally able to as women get out of this wounded feminine reality of being subservient, having no opportunities, weren't able to work, had no rights, basically, to reclaiming those things and owning our autonomy and independence. And it was so beautiful. Um, However, we tried to fit into this patriarchal, linear, masculine world that is set up for men. And that favors these masculine aspects, which we have as women for sure. As I mentioned previously, the reason, the direction, the ambition, um, the staticness, like you're the same every day. And that's how men's hormones are set up. You know, they are, they're on a 24 hour cycle, like clockwork. Um, And that's beautiful. It's very regular and predictable, but women, we are not. And so we ebb and flow with the seasons, with the moon, with the earth. So, but reclaiming these aspects of womanhood because we've really tried to fit into this masculine box to operate in the world 
um, while neglecting our beautiful feminine aspects, the other half of ourselves. Same thing with men, um, such as receptivity, flow, uh, diet being dynamic, like you're not the same person every day and you need different things on different days. Um, And self-love, compassion, intuition, um, being in your body versus in your head and being very cerebral and thinking all the time versus being. Um, So things like that, I help women reclaim and cultivate as well as pleasure um, and just self-love in general. And I think it's it's so important because as I mentioned, just with your cycle, um, there's a lot of resistance to being in that receiving, which is the feminine, the masculine is the giving, it's the external. Um, but we're so used to already doing that. It's so hard to be in our uh, premenstrual and menstrual phases and just rest and receive from other people. Um, and so that's just a really good example of that. But it's so multifaceted and multi-layered. Um, but it's really it's just really hard for us to operate in the masculine as women, hormonally, energetically, emotionally, long term. So that's some of the feminine embodiment work that I do, um, covering all those different aspects of femininity. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I mean, the last kind of piece, because you have so many, like so many, even in just like what I read to you, the first sentence of your bio, I'm like, oh, there's so many good areas to talk about. So I would love <laughs> for you to kind of dive into um, either one of these, or maybe we have time for both but inner child work and shadow work. Cause I don't think I've talked a lot about those on the podcast. So maybe we start with like shadow work um, and why it's important to do shadow work and not just kind of live in the light at all times. For sure. Those are my favorite. And I just love doing that work. And most of the time, if a client is receptive, um, whether they come to me for a womb work or feminine embodiment, I more often than not not start with inner child and shadow work because as I mentioned, um, it's a lot of the root cause of many issues that people face, specifically women. Um, And so I'll start with shadow work because that's one of my favorites (laughs) and you mentioned it as well. So you're very into it as well. But the shadow is our darkness, these rejected, repressed, aspects of ourselves and I always like to describe it as if you think of a villain in a movie and you're not fully able to identify with that villain and their personality or have compassion or empathy for them and understand why they are the way that they are that tells me a lot about how much shadow work you've done (laughs) um And another way to kind of pinpoint your shadow self is to really see what triggers you in other people. What don't you like about other people? Like, for instance, my part of my shadow is controlling. And I find it's a lot of masculine women as well. (laughs) Very yang women. Um, Because we like structure, we like to control. um, We like to know how things are going to go. But yeah, it's control. And so um, if I see someone who's super controlling, it just pisses me off and really irritates me so much. But that's because it's a facet of my shadow that I really don't like about myself Mm. and that I don't love, for instance. And so 
a lot of shadow work is about shedding light on these aspects of ourselves that we do not like and pouring love into them and reclaiming them, reintegrating them so that we are whole and not um, kind of faceted and broken up and not just focusing, as you said, on the light, you know, I'm all about love and light and high vibration, all of that. Um, but there's such a thing as spiritual bypassing. <laughs> and so, and bypassing the light, the, uh, the darkness, the trauma, all of that. And so being able to integrate all aspects of yourself in order to be whole, authentic, um, and foster deeper relationships and connections with people. It's really hard <laughs> to connect if you have a lot of shadow junk because you're constantly judging others or being really triggered, angry, whatever comes up. And so it's just really, really beautiful work. Um, and the inner child work is very much related because um, it does also lie in your subconscious, but um, inner child work is varied. So it can look like doing trauma work and, you know, trauma is a hot button word now, which is great. <laughs> it's very popular because um, there's so much healing that needs to be done collectively, but um, trauma is a spectrum. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to mean you were sexually abused as a child or sexually assaulted. That's the extreme spectrum. It could look like simply, you know, when you're in first grade, your art teacher said that your artwork sucked. <laughs> it was like horrible, whatever. And so you intrinsically felt like I am not creative. I am not artistic. I shouldn't ever paint or just repress that aspect of yourself, which, you know, creativity is the feminine. You know, we can literally create life um, or, you know, create a project, whatever. So it can look like that type of trauma as well. But even just simply these programs, these ideas, these belief systems that weren't necessarily ours, that we did not choose. We just inherited from our caregivers um, for generations, people just doing the same thing over and over again, repeating patterns and never healing. And so it's a lot of generational trauma as well. So maybe not even healing your stuff, but maybe your mother's or your grandmother's, whatever. Um, so it's very multifaceted as is everything, <laughs> um, but it's so important. And the part about inner child work I love is really taking people through their past relationships romantically and comparing their parents or caregivers qualities, positive and negative, to their romantic relationships and those positive ne negative qualities because if you don't heal your relationship with your parents their aspects all of that you will unconsciously seek your needs to be met by people just like them mm -hmm. and so you keep manifesting the same toxic relationships over and over again never getting your needs met because only you can meet those needs. Only you can give yourself what you did not get in your childhood, whether that was like touch, words of affirmation, um, whatever it is. And so it really shows up in relationships a lot, I find. Um, so 
yeah, that's just a little taste of inner child work and shadow work. Um, yeah, there's so many more layers though. Mm. Yes. Oh, that is, it's, it's great work to do. And my, my husband, um, was adopted and this is always, it's interesting. Cause this is the first, like we have a four-year-old and it's, I see some like of my four-year-old and my husband of probably stuff he, he, or my son, someone will have to do some inner child work on, um, of just like habits kind of rearing up that I don't think are either of theirs, but are just innately theirs. So it's just because mm. his, his, his biological mom was actually only 13. Um, and so it, there's some, just some deep stuff that I think that is there. And I, I am fascinated by this just because I think that I want, I want that for my son, at least to be exposed to it. Cause I think there is some stuff there that's going to have to be looked at. So I'm a, sure. big fan. I'm a big fan of that. And any, any tips for helping kids while I'm on that? I, I don't even know where to start. <sighs> Yes. No, I, I love talking about parenthood. I'm personally not a parent. I'm so ready though. (laughs) I've read all the parenting books, all the pregnancy books. I'm ready. I've studied it in depth. However, um, what I love about children and becoming a parent is what a mirror they are for you as a parent. They show you all of your stuff. They trigger you all the time. And trigger you to grow to that next level. Um, And a part of that is shadow work, inner child work. And so um, offering to them what you did not receive from your parents and breaking that chain of trauma, you know, no matter how small or minute it is um, healing that. um, But as well as the shadow, you know, whatever triggers you about your child and their personality, (laughs) what irks you about it, you know, I know you obviously love them unconditionally, but there's still those things that trigger you, you know, looking deeply and reflecting how that relates to your own personality and what parts of you, you don't find lovable um, or irksome. And so I think parenthood is just the next level of self-development and growth. (laughs) It's like this mini mirror and clone of you constantly asking you to grow more and be more um, and do more for them. And it's just a beautiful opportunity for growth. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. And if people are listening and they want to know where they can find you or connect with you, um, where can they do that? Yes. So I have a website. It's victoriarichmond.com. And on there, I have a bunch of freebies, cycle map, which will take you through the seasons of your cycle, what to eat, self-care, all of that for free that you can download. Um, And as well, you can follow me on Instagram, which is where I produce a ton of content um, about cycles, self-pleasure, feminine embodiment, all of that inner child shadow at it's at Victoria Whitley with a double Y at the end. Um, And I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. Um, But yeah, feel free to explore. And feel free to message me on my website or through um, an Instagram message if you like Um, any questions or any comments that you have about anything I've shared. I would love to connect with your listeners and just get to know them and speak to them. So yeah, those are the places that you can find me the most. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Victoria. And I just have one final question. 
Um, and I like to throw out a weekly challenge to the listeners. And when I have a guest on, I have you throw out that challenge. So what would you like the challenge to be this week? Hmm. I would challenge your listeners to, upon waking every morning, pause before you get on your phone or start doing, pause and be instead and tune in and ask yourself, what do you need that day? Do you need more slowness, softness? Do you need to rest more? Do you crave movement? Do you crave sunlight? Um, and really nurturing your body and tuning in to what it needs every day because it changes, you know? Um, the state of the universe is change and flux. So yeah, I would just challenge you to give yourself what you need and let go of any shame or guilt about resting and lack of productivity um, and just nurture yourself. That sounds perfect. I love it. <laughs> Thank you oh. so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us today, Victoria. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was truly an honor and such a beautiful conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank, thank you to your listeners for receiving my messages as well. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power. <laughs>